Come As You Are is a place for self-compassionate reflection to use what you have within you right now as you are perfectly imperfect to find your way through motherhood. I'm Dr. Erin Bauer, clinical and perinatal psychologist, author of More Than a Healthy Baby, course creator and mum of two. This is my second podcast. Welcome if you've followed me over from my birth trauma work. This current podcast offering is bite-sized, unfancy and unplanned. A roadmap for finding your way back to self-compassion and how to replace numbing and escapism with true, meaningful fun. I talk about motherhood as an identity and an institution, perinatal mental health and patriarchy, parental burnout and numbing. The core message is to practice the question, I wonder. Instead of judging ourselves and engaging in comparisonitis, we simply ask ourselves, I wonder. I wonder. I'm recording this week while my kids are asleep or they're meant to be going to sleep so we'll see if this is gonna actually work I wanted to talk this week about people often talk about in motherhood lack of connection and really wanting a sense of community and relationships with people but building friendships and relationships when you're a mum is a lot like dating if you haven't figured that out already. And so I think one of the things that really brings empathy is self-compassion and self-reflection to bring out your flaws. Right? And I always think in leadership, in good leadership, someone always has to go first. So yes, there is risk in being the person who puts their hand up and says hey, here's a thing that doesn't work so well for me. Here's something that I struggle with. Here's something that I'm still learning. And it's either going to go one or two ways. You're either going to be met with flat looks, disinterest, ignoring criticism at worst, or at best, you find that person where you can jump five, six, ten, a thousand steps in small talk ahead to have that sigh, relax of the shoulders and that, oh my god, me too. And aren't we all looking for that? That is what connection is. That is someone who sits with us in our own perfectly imperfect flaws and accepts us for who we are. So I think there's a lot to be said for bravely being willing to admit your character flaws. And I think this is a really good practice for being a parent to reflect back to your children I often think to myself like it doesn't matter to some extent how bad the day has been in my mind how many times I lost my call how many times I didn't give my full attention my full presence didn't exactly say the right thing whatever it might have been I can be really good at repair and in those moments of repair, when you've lost your cool with your kids, you said the wrong thing, you haven't responded in the way that you would have liked to have been responded to, that's a great moment for teaching, hey, 
mum is also imperfect and it's okay to be imperfect and the things that are your fatal flaws you might want to say are often the places where you find strength and over how many years it's been of um, supervising newly emerging psychologists social workers counselors i found one of the things that's been really helpful in my supervision style is self-reflection which has been a lot of being really willing to admit if i've made a mistake and talking through that process one of my favorite things it wasn't always my favorite thing and it's not exactly the most comfortable thing it's just to talk through times where i have mucked up and what i've learned about myself and how that can potentially help somebody else so i thought in the interest of building connection it might be interesting to talk you through just five these are only five i have many 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 more of my fatal flaws and some of these relate to work some of them relate to parenting it's all two sides of the same coin but to put it briefly one of my fatal flaws if you want to call it that is I focus well too well <laughs> to the extent that if I say I'm going to get a task done I will stick to it even if everything external internal surrounding me says like you shouldn't be doing this or you should stop or it's time to take a break so to the point where sometimes if I can really laser focus I forget to eat I forget to drink water I forget to move I forget to have fun and I will just persist with something rather than admit defeat right? or that it's not the right time so I mean even an example of that this year has been this was the year I was going to write a book called parents of the pandemic I'd interviewed about 12 different parents from around the world last year and this was the year I was going to write it all up and the book should have been launched by now and it hasn't because what the world looked like in December January 2020 is very very different so that part of what I thought would be the whole book is more like chapter one and it's not possible for my energy or anyone else's energy to be in a place of self-reflection whilst we're still in active crisis and I think that's a huge part of this whole pandemic pandemic experience has been people are pushing too hard for the self-reflection piece and we're not ready for that yet or at least I don't think we are so for me say I'm going to do something publicly admitting it and then having to go mm, no it's not the right time haven't met my goal <laughs> it's been really really hard um another thing that i tend to suffer from is something called shiny object syndrome hello double gemini that's me i'll put everything into a project but the second it gets tedious monotonous it's not creative or it's a bit stuffy i don't want to do it anymore and i convince myself that there must be a better way of doing it an easier way of doing it I will deviate from like <laughs> trying to find shortcuts. I mean with things like, so say this week I've been doing something which I dread doing because it's just not my cup of tea, which is formatting the references for my book, which is hopefully coming out next year about motherhood and mental health. There's 50 of them and formatting that, data entry, stuff like that. I've got a friend who's an accountant and she's a really good friend, but we are like, it's like ebony and ivory, like, we're just not on the same page with stuff that lights us up. Um, so, you know, 
when I find things getting a bit tedious, I look for a different way to do it. Sometimes, yeah, at my own peril. And that happens in parenting sometimes too, when you're like, okay, I've been doing things the same way, the same day in, day out. Is there something new I should be trying? Shiny objects. It's something to be mindful of. I'm also prone to pushing myself to create things from a place of scarcity, particularly in spring. And every spring, I say this to myself, like the weather's getting better, my energy's so much better. I might overcommit to things. I take on projects thinking, yep, I'm going to be able to finish this. It's that time of year where like the last quarter of the year is looming and I say yes to things out of pure, you know, I need to manifest something on account of having rested. And I feel for the oh, many, 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 many mothers who are going to be going through a version of that now that in Australia the world is sort of opening up, sort of, that this false sense of like, oh, you've had all this time off from work, <laughs> that you now need to create something or say yes to a job or something out of scarcity. So I'm not talking about... Um, you know, like you're on the poverty line and you actually need to get a job. I'm talking about, you know, like white person privilege, scarcity, where in, our, in my 20s, you know, like I, when faced with unemployment, just said yes to a job, many jobs that were totally not right for me, that I probably could have managed to wait and find something else. But I did that whole like, oh, you know, if there was something better for me, it would have shown up by now. So in saying all of that, it's important for myself as well to keep bringing myself back to that centering thought of coming out of this pandemic with my mental health intact, mostly, <laughs> and being present for my kids has stronger value than this desire to be productive or create something or launch something to prove that I'm a worthwhile human being. And Something that follows on from that is that I will always, not always, often, I'm getting better at not doing this. I choose a difficult way of doing things in the hope that it pays off. <laughs> I don't often read the manual. I'm a multimodal, multimodal learner, but if I have to put together a flat pack, I will not typically look at the instructions. I'll do it by feel. Um, recipes, I often sort of disgage what I think with my naked eye rather than actually following recipes. When people ask me for a recipe, I'm just like, mm, did it according to how I feel a lot of the time, um, which then makes things difficult when you have to manualize things and proceduralize things for people. Um, you know, at uni, I would choose obscure, really obscure topics instead of just the topic that everybody else was doing in the hope that I would stand out. Sometimes it worked in my favor, most of the time it didn't, and that's very much entrepreneur <laughs> life, I suppose. Um, and a fifth one is I'm really, really good at giving help, but I won't ask for it unless I am desperate pretty much on my deathbed. And I know this is really common for a lot of people like me who work in healthcare or any of the caring professions. It's taking me into my late 30s to realize this is one of my ancestral traumas so it's not my trauma but it's something that carried very strongly I feel in my DNA like 
I haven't really looked into my particular family ancestry with like Scottish witch trials but <laughs> I feel like it's there um, even just looking back through my recent ancestry and seeing you know the depths of poverty and like all of that like Britain Scotland working class class system stuff asking for handouts any of that kind of stuff um, there's a lot of associations or at least in my family with asking for help meaning that you know people might think you're stupid or you're weak or there's a secret kind of shame with it um, and that's something I'm still working on and a distancing technique that I use that I recommend if you feel like this is something that resonates for you where something comes up for you and you have this sort of almost full body like oh that doesn't feel good in my body asking for help is to stop and ask yourself is this actually your trauma or is it possibly some trauma handed down through generations of family that has just landed in your cells and the distancing technique I practice is to talk about myself in the third person which can feel really uncomfortable but sometimes when you use your name instead of I it takes the emotion out of it so I might um, you know say to myself oh this is not Erin's trauma this is someone else's trauma and sometimes that just brings me back into my body of realizing that oh I'm having a reaction doesn't necessarily mean it's my reaction something to think about anyway so I just think your truth is your truth and you've got to allow people to take it or leave it and it's a precious thing to have people find their people right <laughs> and help them find it quickly and a way to cut through all the small talk and all the crap is to just give yourself the chance for people to find you and find you in your flaws and they'll either accept you and love you for it and recognize themselves in it or they'll run a mile and that's okay <laughs> so be careful who you tell your flaws to make sure that it's someone who's going to be receptive but I think this is how we as mothers definitely help with connection and help with preventing isolation and shame